0: AECOM is one of the biggest companies in the country. And they have announced they are picking up and moving to North Texas officially October 1st. AECOM is uh, is one of the largest engineering companies, engineering design companies in the country. In fact, they join Jacobs and Fluor, which are also located here, and the big three are all here now. Troy Rudd is the CEO of AECOM and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us.
1: Uh, thank you for having me. I'll look forward to chat with you. today. Yeah, I
0: mean it's really not as though AECOM is new here. You've been down here a long time, and we see your name on the side of the building at, at Gallery and have for years. But so, what prompted you to pick up California roots and, and
1: relocate to Texas? Well, um, I just first start by saying it was a it, it was a really difficult difficult decision. It's a long time in the making. You know, we were a company that was headquartered in Los Angeles for a long time. Um, we certainly have strong roots there, but, uh, and and just to be clear, what we did is, you know, we have relocated our corporate headquarters, um, and, uh, and, and we've moved some people here. We'd already started to do that and we'll continue to move a number of our corporate roles to here over time. So it really is a corporate relocation. Um, but we just looked at the ability to find really talented people that would work in a corporate organization, um, and and it was becoming difficult in Los Angeles to do that over time. There had been a, as you pointed out, right, Florin Jacobs at one point were headquartered in Los Angeles or in the LA area. They had moved a long time ago. A lot of other companies had had moved their headquarters, and so you know finding people as people left our organization to replace them is becoming more and more difficult, um, and obviously more and more costly. And you know with any business, you have to make sure that you're you know you're you're uh, you're very wise and frugal. In terms of you know how you're uh, how you're allocating resources so we looked around and said well where is there a great pool of corporate talent and you know it's become clear over the last boy five years but certainly in the last two years that dallas has become uh, north the north texas area in the dallas area has become a a hub for uh, for corporate organizations and corporate talent and uh you know that's what that's what prompted our move it just Became, yeah. unfortunately, it just became. It felt almost inevitable it was going to happen, and we, you know, we hung on as long and, as long as we could in Los Angeles, but we got to the point where, what we felt, it was time to make that move.
0: Well, it's sort of a double whammy again. I mean, you know, great appeal of the central time zone, and of course, our our moderate summers that attract <clears throat> a lot of relocations here. But but also, there's so much activity in Texas and North Texas. Now you've got fifty thousand people spread out worldwide, but. There must be an inordinate amount of activity in this area and in this state
1: right now. There is, you know, um, we have right now we have about twelve hundred folks here in uh, in Texas, and uh, we we see that growing. Frankly, we see that growing um, everywhere in the world. Uh, there is almost as 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 we're moving through a COVID era. Um, there is certainly a focus on investment in infrastructure globally, and those themes about investing infrastructure are accelerating because of some, some, some other kind of broader themes about how the world, how, how people want the world to change. And so it, it is certainly an opportunity here in Texas, but we do see this theme actually, actually globally, really, you know, an investment in infrastructure. And, um, part of that investment is a focus on, um, recognizing that the world is gonna change pretty dramatically in the next two decades. And so as a result of that, that change, um, it requires some very different kinds of thinking around how the world's going to evolve um, and how we might use technology and how we might actually change the infrastructure to support uh, you know, commerce, the movement of people and goods around the world. And so it, it really is a, I view this as a. You know, we're on the cusp of an opportunity um, for, for, our, for all of our people around right. the world. But Texas is absolutely a, a uh, kind of, I'll, I'll say I, Texas is a leader in terms of the thinking around um, investment infrastructure and in thinking about innovation and how that uh, and how that's built into you know, into the, the systems we use to move people and goods around in you know, commerce and, you, and promote you, commerce.
0: You, you talk about the changes that are going to take place over the next couple of decades. And clearly, you know, we we have some vision of it at all. But there's yeah. been so much change in the last 18 months. I'm curious if if a is in the process of going back and having to do some reengineering. I, I think of your corporate clients. Uh, you know, whether more employees are going to work from home or you have to go into social distancing or, you know, realignment, yep. rethinking.
1: Um, the, the answer to that is absolutely. There is all kinds of, there's all kinds of, um, you know, all, all kinds of thinking um, or re engineering about what the world, how the world's going to change. And it's, you know, and, and what you're describing is some of those themes. You know, we're doing that ourselves, we're re engineering how we're going to work. You know, we we're moving to a, a flexible work environment and it's not a remote working environment where everyone's going to work from home during the pandemic, our business, we had to do that. It was a necessity, um, but a flexible work environment, you know, we're we're a we're an organization of professionals that, you know, thrive on on teaching each other, learning from each other, sharing our experiences, collaborating, come up with great unique solutions to, to problems that we're, we're faced with our clients. And so you do that better by being together. So we're finding a middle ground of, um, of having our teams come together and talk about when they need to be together, when they need to be with our clients and talk to our clients about it, and then figuring out, okay, well, the rest of the time, there's no reason to be commuting to an office for the sake of commuting to an office let's think about this more as you know how we how we do it when we need to and when it's appropriate so that we have the right culture we promote the development of our people we solve the problems for our clients but at the same time the rest of the time kind of say well work differently and so we're equipping our folks so they can work remotely now It remote doesn't have to mean from home it could be from different places we're also changing our thinking on real estate you know instead of having people in all of our offices in downtown cores we'll have that still so people can get together and, and meet there and work together. But we're dispersing real estate into suburban areas so that when people work remotely, they can choose to go to an office that that say is, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes from their home. So that as they're working remotely, it creates more flexibility in their lives and creates more time in their lives so that they can effectively, you know, give that time and more time to spend with their family, right. um, uh, more time to, to take up a hobby, you know, more time maybe just to get a little exercise. And so we're, we're changing that. And some of the feedback I'm getting from people, again, antidotes, when you get enough of them, they can form a rule, but that, you know, people are really enthusiastic about this. And in particular, um, people that maybe were considering leaving the workforce because they were going to look after their families, um, now with this flexibility are telling me they're going to stay in the workforce, which is wonderful, right? That's a, that's a great outcome of, of, of what we've learned the last 18 months.
0: No, that, that, that is, you know, you know, for the, for now for the second consecutive administration, all we've heard about is infrastructure and the promise of a lot of infrastructure spending. And, and I, I I think we're going to have it this time, but I mean, you, you ought to be in a unique position. You must have, you know, contacts on Capitol Hill, lobbyists on Capitol Hill. Are we going to have one? What's it going to look like? And our companies beginning to gear up in anticipation of that money flow for infrastructure spending or are they just going to wait and see
1: well um i i uh so i'll i'll i'll, I'll say it this way you know our, our our clients are global and so we're seeing the same type of interest and commitments around the world whether it's from private clients private sector clients government clients including federal government clients and you know state municipal clients there's certainly an appetite and the funding is building up. The focus, of course, here in the United States is talking about federal funding. right? And there certainly is consensus amongst people in the, U- in the US that they want to invest in better infrastructure. I think we've gotten, obviously the Senate has gotten together and decided that they have found a path that they think we sh- how we should invest, increase our investment in infrastructure. Um, uh, the president has voiced support for it. And I think at this point we've got line of sight so that the House will take up a vote on the bill that's proposed, and so they've uh, they've agreed in a non-binding motion to at least put it in front of the House um, before September 27th. and We hope that happens. So I guess we're we're probably closer than we've ever been on getting a federal government commitment to um, a longer term and larger investment infrastructure. So we're 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 close.
0: But 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 are 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 you seeing? municipalities states whatever come to you and say look we need to you know build this runway and we think we're going to get federal money and so let's start working on this or adding yeah. to this terminal or this high-speed rail that we're talking about or our uh, you know the whole the whole yeah the whole transportation are they planning now
1: uh, they're 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 planning but of course if they're relying on some federal money they can't commit until they have line of sight to that funding right but they're planning for it that's well put and and it's You know, there's some really interesting questions that are coming out of this. So there's the you know, you talk about the planning. I'll just again, I'll just I'll I'll give you an example. You know, there's a there's obviously a a lot of discussion about electrification and, you know, you have targets that are being set, you know, by by um, all kinds of agencies and even private companies that they're going to electrify their fleet for very good reason. And if you think about the electrification push, so for example, you know, President Biden announced a target that he'd like to see 50% of light duty vehicles electrified in the US by 2030. That's pretty close. But if you actually electrified all the vehicles using today's technology, I think I read that you would actually, the world would run out of cobalt used in the current lithium manganese cobalt batteries. So clearly there's gotta be advances in battery technology or you couple that with as you electrify vehicles, your gas tax is going to disappear. Well, at least 50% of it. So then how do you continue to fund the ongoing operate operations and maintenance of infrastructure? So there are other emerging technologies. So for example, you know, you think about static charging, you put your iPhone down at night on a pad and exactly. it charges.
0: Right.
1: Well, there's dynamic charging you can use for vehicles. All right. So, you know, again, something as simple as, well, what if. Um, a transportation agency decided in one of their freeways to put down dynamic charging infrastructure so you didn't have to have batteries that were as large. So
0: you get, as you drive along, you get charged? As you
1: drive along, you decide, you charge. And then also then, then they become a fee collector, right? A fee stream that, ah. you know, replaces gas tax. You know, and so now you've you know, there's there's all these great opera, you know, opportunities. Anything about well, autonomous vehicles? Well, if, if you really do have electric vehicles and autonomous, well, then, you don't need to expand necessarily some of your transportation infrastructure because now you can com- you can pack it more tightly. And so you can make better use of what you have. So there's these, you know, there's these these great questions that our people are again. This is what's awesome about our company, is our this is our, our people through their experience around the globe that come together and they can help our clients sort this out, like place those bets. What's the world gonna look like? And now let's start building towards that. So as this infrastructure money is gonna start to come. To fund projects are we thinking 20 years down the road to maybe build differently or to 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 vision what we're what we're doing differently it really is an awesome time yep to be thinking about the convergence of you know these longer-term trends and uh, the support and the support for infrastructure
0: you know i i I feel it in my bones mr rod this is the first of what should be many fascinating conversations with you i am glad you're bringing your corporate headquarters for AECOM to, to Dallas. Good to have you here.
1: Good. Well, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks a lot. I, think as I as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the thing I've noticed about Dallas and Texas, two things. One is the people here are just incredibly friendly and welcoming, and uh, and second is they have Dallas and Texas has awesome air conditioning.
0: <laughs> Troy Rudd's the CEO of AECOM. For more of our conversation, go to KRLD.com CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.